Oh, man. Are you guys excited as me? <laughs> I feel like it's my birthday. Last Sunday, I was, uh, I was at Ellie's birthday party, and I get a phone call from the Big Eagle. That's Todd White, if you don't know. And he said, he said hey, man, something's on my heart. And uh, I, I don't know if you know, Todd's travel schedule is insane. I mean, it's, it's crazy. He's home some months just two days in each week. Like, it's, it's nuts. And his value for family is incredible. So he, uh, a few months ago, he told me, man, when, when I'm in Portland, I really want to come to your church. And, I, and it, was all, it was all his idea. Him and Jackie were, were thinking that. And so I just asked, hey, do you think that would ever happen? And he was like, I really don't know because the schedule's so crazy. But he, he called me and he said, I, I just know that God wants me to be at the Promise Church. Changed his whole schedule last minute to be here. Uh, Luke's picking him up right now. So I, if you've never heard Todd speak before, I just want you to be really excited for what's about ready to come. It's going to be amazing. Who's ever heard him before? Who hasn't? Oh, get ready. Oh, man. You guys, the gospel's enough. Now, I'm going to talk about some very simple things this morning and and then we'll have a, a quick break, and we're going to go right back into worship again. But oftentimes we hear something, we hear the name, we hear the word gospel, and we think, well, I've already got it. I understand it. Maybe you're thinking already, man, we're going to have a gospel presentation, and, and I could just leave and go to the bathroom and then go to McDonald's and then come back. But let me tell you something. You do not understand the gospel if you're not living free. If there's shame, if there's condemnation, if there's... If, there's a if, you're, if you're continually living in sin, if you're, if you're hitting the same wall over and over again, you do not understand the gospel. So you need to listen today. The gospel is enough. The people of Israel, they were in, 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 in the wilderness and God sent supernatural bread, manna, right? He sent the bread, right? Supernaturally fed them, this bread from heaven. And that bread was enough to sustain them but they begin to complain about the supernatural bread. They begin to say that the bread was not enough. And I fear that in the church, we want garlic bread, we want buttered bread, we want bacon bread, we want all these different kinds of bread, and I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the bread of life. I'm here to tell you today you don't need anything else but Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that all you need is the simple gospel in your life, and it is enough. And if right now you're saying it's not that easy, you're deceived. We overcomplicate it. We make it to be something that it isn't. We make it about a sozo class, or we make it about an inner healing class, or we make it about having this person pray for me, or that person pray for me, or you need to read this book. It's not about a book. It's not about a TV show. It's not about an amazing preacher or an evangelist. It's about none of that. It's about the bread from heaven. And Jesus is the bread. And he is enough. If Jesus was in this room right now, which he is, and he was standing right in front of you, would it be enough? Would it be enough? If you were looking Jesus in the eyes, face to face, looking in his eyes, would you stop and say, time out, I'm gonna go sin and be a, a loser? 
If you're looking at the Son of God in, in his eyes right now, if he was right in front of you, would the bread of life be enough to sustain you? Every day that we run after something else, every day that we, we think that this thing's gonna fix me or that thing's gonna fix me or this thing, if I can just get that car or if I can just have that relationship or if I can just do this thing or that thing or be in that church service, then I'm telling you you're deceived. All you need is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans, this scripture is just, I, I just spoke at a, at a breakout session and they want us to talk about power evangelism. Like, like there's this thing called power evangelism. It's called the gospel. And then signs follow the power of the gospel. It's not like you have the gospel and then power evangelism. The gospel is power evangelism. I mean, listen to this scripture. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The question today is, do you believe? Not here, but here. Because if you believed, you would walk out of this room different. You would walk out of this room victorious. I'm not telling you that your circumstances are gonna change immediately. I'm not telling you that you're gonna get a million dollar check in the mail, but I'm telling you that you'll have peace to overcome the storms of the world. If you believe, but what is believing? Believing isn't showing up on a Sunday morning and raising your hands once a week. Believing is saying, God, I'm all in every moment, every second, every day. That's what believing is. Believing is not saying having all the right thinking upstairs and not living it out. That's not believing. You may confess to be a Christian, but never follow the teachings of Jesus. And then we say that he's not enough and we wanna add everything to the gospel. We just wanna add, 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 add. I'm telling you, you need to subtract everything and put all of your focus on Jesus. It's all about him. The power is in the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is God offering his presence to man. That's what the gospel is. If you have the presence of King Jesus in your life, you have all that you need. Is it not amazing that Jesus doesn't show up and say, if you will just follow all of these rules, read this book list, watch these YouTube videos, and get all of this information, then you'll be transformed. I think that Jesus knew that we were gonna be so prone to trying to find everything but the real thing that he made statements like this, I am the truth. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the door. Jesus knew that we were always gonna try to get something else to satisfy us, so he made it really clear, I am. Everything that you're looking for, I am. Everything that you're looking for, I am. Everything is in me. Every morning that you wake up and you don't get on your knees with Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you, if you don't do that every morning and every second and every, everywhere you go, I'm telling you, you're gonna live bankrupt. You're gonna live bankrupt. You're gonna live in a cycle of sin and death and condemnation, and you're gonna go, when I get to heaven someday, then everything will be okay. I'm telling you that God wants to get heaven into you. I'm gonna go to heaven one day. 
It's going to be amazing. I'm like looking forward to it. Paul says, to live is to live as Christ and to die is gain. I'm actually pretty excited to go there. I'm so excited to go to heaven. Do you want to know why? Because everybody's saved there. I can actually go out to coffee with Aaron and have a conversation. I think my wife is like, man, I cannot wait to be in heaven because we can just like go shopping and we're not going to pray for 500 people. It's going to be awesome. Like, I'm so excited. I wish that the world would just have a revelation. I actually wish that each one of you in these seats would have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is in your life so I didn't have to tell everybody. It'd be way easier if I was walking up to people in my town and they said, actually, somebody from your church already told me. So I just ask you, as Paul asked you in Romans 6, I beg you, brothers and sisters, to give your life a living sacrifice, which is acceptable and pleasing to God. What is stopping us from being the light of the world? Is God stopping you? Is God there going, man, I, I just need to make sure that you get it all figured out, you get all your ducks in the row, and then I'll move through you. Bill Johnson made a bunch of statements, right, Jonathan? He made a bunch of statements. But one statement that he made, it, it really shook me to the core. He said this this week. He said that a, a young man in his school came to him and said, Pastor Bill, I think that I will begin to pray for people and step out in faith for healing when I get my character in line. Bill says, you know, that sounds noble, that sounds amazing, man, but who told you that you could disobey God? Because God told you to lay hands on the sick, God told you to pray, and God told you to preach the gospel. So who told you that you didn't need to obey God? Maybe in your obedience comes your transformation. So we're waiting to be qualified, but I'm telling you, you're weak. And in your weakness, he is then made strong. So as you begin to obey God and step out every day, every moment, I'll tell you what, some of the most powerful times with me on the street are when I'm the most weak. When Chelsea's like, hey, we, we need to go to the grocery store. Do you want to go? And I'm thinking, I don't know if I really want to go. And I hear God say, you should just go. And then you walk into the store, and then in that place of weakness and dependence upon God, then in that moment, God shows up the strongest. I fear that... What we have is, is, is we have this amazing teaching on identity, and I love identity, but if the identity message only ever hits you here, and it never hits you here, then you become a bunch of entitled brats that walk around and do nothing for Jesus. We got a bunch of people that walk around and say, I'm the righteousness of Christ Jesus, I'm amazing, I'm powerful, I'm awesome, and I'm going, where is the fruit? So it can't be head knowledge, it's got to become heart knowledge. You've got to begin to live it. You've got to begin to step into it. And fear is one of those things that stops us from stepping into what God's call us to. And fear is just a demonic spirit. Whenever I feel fear, I get really excited. I go, oh, man, there's fear here. Something really good's about ready to happen. What today is stopping you from changing the world today? What is it in your life that you just can't get over? Because I'm telling you, the bread of life is enough. It's enough. It's enough. I could stand here for an hour and say the same thing. The bread of life is enough. The bread of life is enough. The bread of life is enough. And you can hear it here, but you can't hear it here. When you get 
the understanding that Jesus is enough, this Christian thing gets really easy. It gets really easy. And it becomes the most exciting, most fun, most enjoyable way to live life. The bread of life is enough. The gospel is God offering his presence to you. The gospel is simpler than we make it out to be. It's about one thing. It's about him. Let me read this scripture to you. And then I'm going to have Casey. Casey, if you can step up. We're going to sing a, a song, my favorite song ever that Casey wrote. It's my favorite song ever written. I remember when there was, there was a season where I don't know how many years it was where Aaron and Jonathan, myself, Casey, where we, we when this, we didn't have these chairs, we didn't have this carpet, we didn't have these lights, we didn't have the screens, we didn't have anything. We had concrete and a basketball court. And I remember over there, I walked that baseline, I don't know how many years for how many hours. I would walk that baseline and I would pray in the Holy Spirit. And I would walk that baseline and I'd pray in the Holy Spirit. Because God was telling me, he was trying to reveal to me that he was enough. I remember there was moments I think I was skipping birthday parties to come here and walk a baseline to pray. He's enough. He's enough. Listen to this. And this is eternal life. Okay, edge of your seats. This is red letters. This is Jesus. Okay? And this is eternal life. You ready? This is John 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life. This, I'm like, okay, this is Jesus. Now, Jesus is the word, right? I'm telling you, my, my hand got stuck to a Bible when I was 18 years old. Couldn't pull my hand off the Bible. I had anger, I had jealousy, I had rage. I had all these voices telling me that I was gonna go hurt somebody in another city, and my hand got stuck to a Bible. Couldn't pull it off. That book's supernatural. Couldn't pull it off. Eyes rolling back in my head, manifesting, just crazy. It was just, my mom and dad are there. They call Casey's dad, he comes and he prays for me, and I get completely delivered that night completely delivered. My hand stuck to the word of God. There's people right now that are, maybe there's somebody in this room that says the word of God really isn't the word of God. I'm telling you, that's a lie straight from hell. Let me tell you this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word, Jesus, walked on the earth. And people saw the word. Like actual people, like in the Bible. Paul had an encounter with the person of Jesus. Peter had an encounter with the person of Jesus. John, Mary Magdalene, and the list goes on and on and on. 120 in that room saw the risen Lord. 500 saw him. So the word came, dwelt among us, the word walked among us, and they saw the word. They saw the word. And then they took what they saw and they pinned it onto paper. Tell me the word's not the word of God. Oh, that is so stupid. You're telling me that in your 50 years or your 40 years or your 60 years that you have more knowledge than the word, the recorded word of God? But we have whole movements right now that are following books written by people that know nothing about God. And they're trying to convince people that the word of God isn't the word. My hand didn't get stuck to a person's book authored by somebody else. My hand was stuck to the word of God. It's supernatural book. 
It's supernatural. Don't allow anything. You know what? I saw what happens when you stray from the word of God. I've seen it. Casey's seen it. We see what happens when you say, I have a greater revelation than what the word has. Let me tell you something. There is no greater revelation. Let me tell you something. There is only one thing to preach, and it's Jesus. Let me tell you this. When a preacher begins to tell you that they've had a revelation and you can't find it in the book, you tell that preacher to get away. Actually, you give them my number. I'll tell them. There is one thing to preach. Every Sunday, we should be preaching one thing. You see, Paul said this, I preach Christ and him crucified. I didn't come to you with lofty language. I didn't come to bring you some, some, some special revelation. What do I have besides Jesus and him crucified? I was lost, now I'm found. I was broken, and now I'm restored. Nothing that I did helped me, only Jesus did. So why would I stand here and try to give you a new revelation when the revelation of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years has been enough? Why in our arrogance do we feel like we need to add to the word of God? Do we feel like we need to stand in front of people and give them a new revelation when Jesus Christ is the revelation? I'm tired of church games. I'm tired of meetings and programs. I am tired of people in religious form coming in and raising their hands and walking out of churches all over America living like hell. I'm tired of it. A church service, a program, none of that will change you. None of it. The only thing that will change you is a revelation of Jesus. So as Paul says, I preach Christ and Christ crucified. For me, it's Christ and him crucified until I die. But really, I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. It's Jesus. Paul did not preach the theology of Christ. Peter didn't preach the doctrine of Jesus. They preached from the revelation of what they encountered. When I go and share Jesus with people, I'm not trying to convince them of what I believe. Hey, listen, I learned this really cool thing from this guy named Robert Morris. I need you to, I need to take this and then give it to you so that you can have this, so, because you just need to believe this information I'm giving you. No, when I go and share Jesus with people, they're having an encounter with God. Let me introduce you to my friend. His name's Jesus. When, when Paul in Acts, around Acts 26, he's standing before the king, King Agrippa, he's standing there. He says, let me tell you, I was walking down a road and a brilliant light shone and I fell on the ground. And he begins to preach out of an encounter, not from information. He wasn't one in a debate, he was one in an encounter. And in that encounter with God, everything changed. Some in this room need to get hungry for a real encounter with King Jesus. I fear that many Christians are selling out for fake encounters. I fear that many Christians are walking around with a wallet, even though we don't really use cash today, and they got a bunch of fake $100 bills in there, and God's standing there going, I've got a stack of hundreds for you, 
but you're filling it up with a bunch of fake encounters. You come to the church, you stand in the front, you shake a little bit so that somebody's going to see you for what? It's not about the church service, it's about the closet. My victories that I won, none of you guys were there. Day after day after day after day after day. Home Depot, Lowe's, McDonald's, gas stations. Nobody watching. Your victory is not found in a building. Your victory is found in a closet. Oh. And I'm not sorry. Because Casey would tell me that I'm not supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not sorry for my passion. I'm not sorry for my fire. And I'm not prideful. I'm not prideful. I've seen him and he's changed me. I don't walk out of this room like I put on a show. Ask my wife, every day I'm on fire like this. Every day, no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, whether it's a stage in front of 7,500 people or whether it's my family in Kroger's in Texas, it's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. He's enough. The bread of life is enough. Now listen to this scripture. Are you guys ready? This is the word of God. And this is eternal life. That they know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent says in the word of God that there'll come a time when people will stand before Jesus on that day and he'll say, depart from me for I never knew you. Eternal life is not a prayer. Eternal life is not found in church attendance. Eternal life has nothing to do with your church giving. Eternal life actually has nothing to do with the miracles that happen through your life. Eternal life has nothing to do with how many likes you get on Facebook. Eternal life has nothing to do with anything but knowing God. But, but God, we've done all these wonders in your name. We've, we've even cast out demons in your name. I don't know you. See, eternal life is only found in knowing Jesus. Christianity is not about following the teachings of Jesus, it's about following Jesus. And his teachings help get us to a place where we're following him. Religion is a bunch of people that come into a church, they do the same thing every Sunday and they don't leave changed. You actually don't need any more information. You need to obey God and do what he's telling you to do. You don't need another message. You don't need any more information. You don't need any of that. What you need is to obey God and just stop being stupid. I'm preaching to myself for a minute. Hear me for a minute. We come to church, we encounter the presence of God. Then we walk out and we don't obey him. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Follow me. Follow him. You're not stupid. You're not stupid. You're amazing. You're incredible. But there's times, as Aaron would say, that the spirit of stupid comes in. Is the gospel enough? Right now, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, I don't like this guy already. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. 
Maybe you're here and in your heart you're judging me. I want you to know that if that's what you're feeling right now, then God's convicting your heart right now. Right now. Because I'm telling you, you can live free. The religious spirit and control hates when a person stands on a stage and says, you can be free. You can be free. You can be free. You can live. Mercy is God covering your sin. Thank God for his mercy. I did something really stupid yesterday. I wasn't very nice. Every day, I wish I could take back the stupid comment. That was dumb. God's mercy covers me covers me. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your mercy. But God's grace, it empowers me. First John says that if I believe in him and I follow him, I will not sin. Now, don't freak out. Just calm down for a moment. I'm not saying that you're never going to make a mistake. You're never going to sin. What I'm telling you is what first John is saying. It's saying that you will not live in a continual cycle of sin. I don't wake up every morning worried that I'm going to sin. I wake up in the morning, I look at my beautiful wife, I say, I love you, I kiss my kids, I get on my Honda Grom, and I go to work. And then I heal the sick, I cast out demons, I preach Jesus, I try to raise the dead. I preach Jesus, I cast out demons, I raise the dead. A temptation comes, I go, are you kidding me? Why would I ever do that? Preach Jesus, cast out demons. Another temptation comes, and I go, man, I must be going in the right direction. I preach Jesus, I cast out demons, I raise the dead, or at least I try to. Another temptation comes, I go to my wife. I say, honey, I don't know what's going on, but I keep having the same temptation. Will you pray with me? She prays with me. We go, man, let's get excited. God's about ready to do something. And then we begin to do the same thing every day, every moment, every second of every day. No days off. Why would you want to take a day off? Are you kidding me? You're telling me that you think the NFL is more exciting than church? You're telling me that professional sports is more exciting? Well, you tell me that every day when you rush home and you miss the person on the side of the road that God wants you to pray for, but you don't want to miss the game. You tell me that every day when you don't want to come to church and you stay home to watch the game. See, it's not about what you agree with. It's about what you agree with. Well, man, this sounds like legalism, Chris. Like, man, this is really heavy. Like, can I like football? Of course you can like football. I like football, it's great. Football is not gonna do anything for you in eternity. It's a bunch of guys running around on a football field with pads on and tight clothing. Have you ever really thought about it? And they're throwing a little ball. And we get more excited about that than the king of glory. The king humbled himself and become like us and won the most victorious victory of all time as he hung nailed to a tree and then he said you know what I did all of this and now I go to be with the father so I can send my Holy Spirit to come and be in you we get more excited about a Super Bowl win by the Seahawks than the resurrection of Jesus Christ let me tell you how I know that 
Because when the Seattle Seahawks win a Super Bowl, you post it all over Facebook. You tell all your friends about it. You go to work and you wear the gear. Are you wearing Jesus everywhere you go? Are you telling everybody every day about the resurrection victory of Jesus Christ? I'm only saying this for a moment to shake the room a little bit. Because if we really truly believe, then it's going to come out everywhere we go. I was in the hotel uh, just a few moments ago in Portland, and I'm going to wrap this up in case he's going to sing this song. He's, so, he's like, yeah, okay, so you, you want me to play like right when you get up there? But he knew the whole time that it was going to be the end because he knows I can't be quiet. Because <laughs> we've been doing this way too long together. And we're not done yet. We're going to preach stadiums together. Yeah. We are. It's going to be amazing. Whew. Can you guys just stand with me? Just, just close your eyes all over the room and just put your focus on Jesus. I was in the hotel lobby and was eating my breakfast and this, this server comes over and she's so excited. She's like, you need coffee, you need water? And I'm just like, hey, that'd be great. Like, she was really helpful. And she just, she wouldn't go away. She's just there. She just keeps talking. She just keeps like, and, and she goes, so am I, I going to see you tomorrow? And I'm like, well, um, I'm, this is actually our last day, and she got really sad. She's like, man, I've loved your group. Your guys' group is crazy. It's, it's amazing. Like, it, it's amazing. I said, well, Jesus loves you so much. He just cares about you. Like, <laughs> See, the day before that, Scott walked her through the simple power of the gospel, and she gave her life to the Lord. <laughs> that next day, just, she was totally different. The gospel is enough. I, I think that as Christians, we need to purge. Anything in our life that's like, anything when I say purge or give up to God that you want to hold on to, that's probably what you need to give away. See, we don't want to get to heaven one day and be clothed in all this stuff and let that be our identity. And then when it's all stripped away, you're standing there. And your identity's wrapped up in everything on earth, but it's not found in him. When I get to heaven, I want to run in. I want to fall on my face before my king. And say, I try my best, God. I gave you everything to the best of my ability. You had all of me. God, I know that there was times where I said things and I did things and, and I just want him to look down at me and I want him to say, well done. See, in that moment, it's not about a stage. It's not about a title. It's not about any of that. It's about him. You and him. You and him. You and it's not about a job. It's not about your bank account. And it's not about any of that. It's about him. In that moment, when you transition from here to there, it's about you and him. You're naked before God. In that moment, your mom's not there, your dad's not there, your aunt, your uncle's not there. You're not living off of my relationship of God. You're not living off Casey's. You're living off of you and him. When you stand before him, it's you and him. It's you and him. It's you and him. No matter what age, 
male or female, whatever race, it's you and him in that moment, you and God, you and him. Right now, if you were standing right, right there, right with him, could you say that you know him? Could you say that you know him? Well, my mom knows him, and my, 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 my mom and dad, they bring me, or my husband, he prays for me every night, but you know, I, I've got this thing in the closet. Could you say that you know him? Because eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus Christ. Right now, with every eye closed, every head bowed in this room, right now, I'm not gonna have you raise your hand. I want you to respond. Keep your eyes closed. If you, right now, knew that if you were standing right in front of King Jesus, that he wouldn't know you, I want you to respond right now out of your seats and come to the front. We're gonna pray for you and you're gonna be born again. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care if you're an usher. I don't care who you are or what your track record is with God. Right now, if you were in heaven with him and he was looking at you face to face, can you say that you know him? And just get on your knees. Just get on your knees. It's all about Jesus. All over the room, all over the room. I'm gonna wait. Eternal life is not found in a prayer. Eternal life is not found in church services. Eternal life is not found in offerings. Eternal life is found when you're known by God and God knows you. There's more. There's more. Don't let anybody hold you back. Eternal life is found when you know God and you know Jesus Christ. Come on now. Keep your eyes closed. Casey, if you just sing this song, I want to give you a moment to respond. 